Welcome, everybody. I'm here with Nick Zemanak, and we're going to be talking about uh, you know, how to ensure business continuity during employee departure. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is a bit more of a broader topic than that around business continuity planning, around critical roles, responsibilities, processes that are occurring within an organization. So first, welcome, Nick. And um, um, tell, tell me a little, what is business continuity? Yeah, yeah thanks, Christian. Um, you know, so traditionally, business continuity, you think of maintaining operational processes um, and business as usual when there's a disruption. And so again, traditionally that's like cyber attacks, you know, we think of natural disasters, these big like catastrophes. But, you know, I think we saw over the past year that it doesn't necessarily have to be, um, you know, something major. Uh, we can have, you know, small disruptions like for example, an employee leaving um, or working remotely um, you know, or, you know, these smaller things that we might not think of that do cause disruption to our everyday processes. So, you know, business continuity is maintaining that business as usual through these disruptions. Yeah. And, and I think that, uh, you know, all of us, you know, whether it's in the private sector, the public sector, the nonprofit world, uh, we're really seeing uh, the importance of business continuity as we're all transforming into this new environment, you know, where a bunch of folks are working from home, where, you know, frankly, during a pandemic things, you know, people may be coming into the office and they might not be coming into the office, or you might need to switch to a new system to work together or um, whatever else might be the case. So I think that it's interesting because I'm starting to view business continuity as, as this thing that is, as fundamental, it's, it's almost like preparing for weather or the different seasons of an organization or that you inevitably will have to weather, right? Um, so, uh, so Nick, we've talked about this a bunch, but why don't we jump into a little bit about what happens when that event occurs, you know, and, and, and what, 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 what do we do in that at that time? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the, the first step is really identifying someone to, to take the lead and manage, uh, you know, the rest of the business continuity process. Um, so, you know, identifying either that replacement or again, someone who can, um, you know, handle the process, manage it, and to make sure that you do maintain business continuity. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a couple options to that uh, hiring promoting someone or moving someone around internally, you know, there's obvious advantages. That's going to be the quickest and, you know, you won't have to worry about onboarding and, um, you know, as much probably training and um, external hiring. That's obviously a lengthy process. Uh, in most cases, you know, when you have an employee departure, you know, the, the famous two week notification, um, you know, isn't a lot of time to find an external candidate, get them hired and get them onboarded. So, you know, in a lot of scenarios, that's, that's, a, that's a real challenge. Um, you know, one thing that, you know, we've noticed that has worked well um, is, you know, having a, a partner in staffing, uh, whether that's, you know, a more traditional staffing firm 
or a consulting firm that might already be doing work for you. Um, having that relationship that you can quickly meet resourcing needs, uh, obviously when an employee leaves, but even you know more than that, when you do have a new project that you need specific resources for, um, you know that's that's always a, a benefit. Um, but again, in in any case, uh, there needs to be somebody who's going to manage the rest of this process. Uh, you know, from knowledge transfer and um, creating a more shared documentation and knowledge environment, and then engaging with the operational team. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I appreciate that, Nick. I think that one of the things that's coming up for me is also around, uh, at least that we've seen in, in the work that we've done together on this, is that as, as much as there is an aspect of finding the resource to fill the gap, there is the, uh, the unsaid work that that individual has been doing and, and the challenges with filling those gaps are there. And uh, so that's one, one thing that, you know, we, we can touch on, but then also, um, you know, the, the aspect of uh, business process uh, re-engineering and flows around someone's roles and responsibilities. So that is to say, it's like, you know, you never realize all the things someone is doing until they're gone. And so it's so important to have these, uh, an idea of what the overall process is. So that way uh, there is possibility of ensuring that there isn't too much weight on any one person such that let's say they can't come to the office for whatever reason or something occurs that the work is distributed or that way it's easier to do backups based on the organizational roles and responsibilities. Uh, so, I mean, I'd love to get your thoughts on um, what about all the unsaid stuff? For sure. Um, you know, that's, so the first step is identifying, you know, replacement, but you know, once we start digging into the knowledge transfer process and extracting all of that information from this exiting resource, that's when we start to uncover a lot of these things that they probably didn't even realize that they were doing. Um, so, you know, we, we talked a lot about knowledge transfer in this episode, um, but, you know, the first step there is just getting everybody and identifying all of the topics that need to be covered um, during your peak time with, with this departing resource. Uh, just trying to act and ask the regions to, um, you know, get as much information as you can out of their brains. Um, you know, knowledge transfer, one of the ways about it is just not, it's not necessarily just what the person does, but it's also, you know, their idea and other ideas that they um, understanding what the end goals are from a process and, um, you know, identifying them. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the pieces here around um, this operational team engagement is pretty critical to that aspect as well around identifying all the unsaid as well, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, in, in any project, um, thinking about uh, system management, um, you know, business analysis, project management, you know, we have our technical team who are obviously um, 
managing the, the technical piece, but from a programmatic standpoint, you know, that operational team, you know, they are really aware of what needs to be done from a day-to-day -day standpoint. Um, if those requirements aren't being met and, you know, they're going to be the ones who are going to report any lack of business continuity, right? Um, if there's issues, it's going to be coming from them. Um, and that's why it's all the more important to engage them in the process of the transition and, you know, keep them up to date and, uh, you know, help lean, you know, ask for their help to, so that you can lean on them for, you know, when issues arise and you can work together with them. Yeah. I, and I, I think that, you know, that probably is also the key to building trust because it's like, it's like acknowledging the reality of the situation and not trying to skirt around it. And I think whether it's an end user or, you know, whether your customer is, of course, an end user or whether it's someone within your organization, you know, the importance of just being frank about where things are at um, just goes a long way. So that way you can work on those gaps together. Um, and the great part is, is that while you're working through these gaps, I mean, you know, you, you, a crisis is always a great opportunity to shore up things and make them more resilient in the future. And I think that uh, that's where this, uh, these, these challenges can lead to really, really great opportunities. Uh, Nick, why don't we jump into one of our case studies uh, about um, a business analyst that was leaving a project and, uh, and, and what we did in that situation. Yeah, so in this case, uh, business analyst for the agency system of record. So very high visibility, very important uh, system that you know this agency was using was departing. Uh, they were the first business analyst on the project when the system was implemented, and you know they were the only one for I believe about seven years. Um, so you know obviously that was a high visibility, high impact transition that we were going through. And, you know, the first step in that was identifying a replacement in that, in that instance, you know, the agency did have a relationship with, with Karma. So the onboarding process was super quick. Um, you know, within a few days, we were able to get in there and start the knowledge transfer process. And in terms of knowledge transfer, you know, we, we started, took the first session to go through as many of the topics as we could from a documentation standpoint, just identifying the topics that need to be covered over the two weeks. And between reviewing with the departing employee and um, others in the organization, we were able to have a pretty robust list of you know, what was gonna be covered over the next few weeks. And, um, we had a, about an hour of knowledge transfer sessions for two weeks, and we took all of that information and made a, a, a big uh, knowledge base that all of the organizational players could look at um, that basically was a huge you know, knowledge dump of the departing employees' um, you know, knowledge over the past seven years on this project. Um, really like the idea of creating a shared knowledge environment um, instead of a, you know, individual knowledge environment and organization. Um, if you can take someone's individual knowledge and document it and put it in a place where everybody can see it, then it's no longer necessary individual knowledge. Um, 
And then, you know, the next piece to all of this was like we were just talking about really engaging the operational team. We took a, a re-kickoff approach. So to level set with the operational team, um, you know, had a meeting with each of the different groups that was using the system, um, reviewed the project status, reviewed kind of the current situation we were in, um, you know, captured any concerns and just um, you know, open up that line of communication and um, you know, responsibilities moving forward. And, and one of the things that was good about this is uh, if, you if you have the opportunity to show some of the work that you've been doing, um, in this case, a big knowledge base, uh, you know, displaying that to the different groups to kind of build that trust and uh, make them aware that you know, all is not lost. Um, you know, that's one of the big, yeah. one of the big goals is to just create a level of comfort, um, you know, especially with this resource, you know, she was there for seven years, seven, <clears throat> seven years, a ton of programmatic and technical knowledge that I had to account for. So, um, you know, creating that sense of comfort and uh, opening that line of communication was huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that you know, it, it, it's, it's so, it's so important. I mean, that kind of one, that level setting and creating that sense of trust. And um, so that way everyone can move from one uh, relationship to the next in this, you know, in this instance, you know, I think that was really important. And then I think the shared knowledge environment is beyond critical. Um, and then, and then, you know, it's like, at the end of the day, it's almost like by taking this one initial step for the organization, you're almost creating like a Wikipedia for these critical systems um, and really ensuring just business continuity for the long-term because you start to create out what is the ongoing process for maintaining information. I think, and that has been an interesting exercise for us in this is that you know we constantly are thinking of hey that's another article that needs to be put into this knowledge base that's another one ah that's another aspect of the process that needs to be considered and so there can start to be some traceability from the process to actual procedures and then to more of the details uh such that it's just repeatable you know and such that we can start to look at things and say actually we can automate that or this process could be shifted over to uh, someone else's roles and responsibilities. And, and we can start to keep track of things at a far more detailed level. Yeah, and that's one system, you know, within the organization. And, you know, now we're seeing how advantageous it's been and expanding that to create these knowledge bases for other systems in the organization. And, you know, that's just huge for, for backup planning um, you know, when I think of business continuity, I would very much relate backup planning for that. Um, you know, that's a, definitely a piece of it. Um, and, you know, with the ever-changing work environment, uh, you know, having these sources of shared information that anyone in the organization can access and, you know, pretty quickly pick up on, you know, some recurring tasks and activities for a specific application uh, is, is beneficial in the long run. Yeah, and actually, in speaking to that, Nick, I, maybe that's something we should quickly touch on here is what 
folks usually look at business continuity planning as versus what it actually is, you know? And I, I think that speaks to it of like, it almost seems like folks just think of it as, hey, just make sure there's a backup in place, you know, as you're saying there, but there's, it's almost like a, it's a way of thinking about an organization from a resiliency perspective, I think. It's, you know, it, it's making sure the ecosystem is set up such that, um, that nothing falters or that things will get tough, but they're manageable, so to speak. I, I think that, that's at least what's coming up for me. Yeah, and just, you know, the tools are available so that in the, in the case of a disruption, you know, whether it's employee leaving or whatever, I mean, many are, the challenge can be overcome. Um, you know, that's, you know, obviously you can't plan for every single disruption or, um, you know, major event, but you can at least have those tools in place that when something does happen, because, you know, it, it will, um, when something does happen, it can be overcome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, Nick, uh, any closing thoughts that you want to share with folks? Yeah, I mean, just that it's, you know, never too early to, to start doing this planning process. Like I mentioned, you know, th- things happen. Um, there's, you know, always going to be disruptions out there. So it's never too early to start creating a, a shared knowledge organization and environment and, um, you know, starting to identify areas where if somebody did leave or there was a, some sort of other disruption, there would be a big issue um, and you wouldn't necessarily be able to overcome it quickly um, and the things you can start doing to, to prepare for that. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Nick. Uh, everyone, uh, you know, uh, we, we have a, a write-up of this uh, on our website and we'll have that in the show notes. And, um, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're really trying to pull together a lot of content for folks just to help take what we're talking about, take what we're writing about and implement it right away. So if you have any questions or any comments, please let us know. Or if you need any help thinking through this, please feel free to reach out. And thanks again.